Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I am so happy you decided to take the time to listen to this podcast. Now, go and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Starn. Tonight, we have a special guest that's coming on the show who is originally from Midwest Fargo, North Dakota, and his name is Greg Soper. Greg Soper moved to California to meet a world-famous celebrity cousin and was a Bay Area carpenter for 20 years and became a real estate investor. And now he's a personality expert. Let's welcome Greg Soper to the show. Hi, Greg. How are you? Oh, hi, Crystal. I'm doing great. Thanks for that awesome introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy that you're on the show today. Um, I can't wait to hear about your um, history and, like, what inspired you to become a personality expert and, you know, all the great things that you're doing um, in society now. And um, all that being said, um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and your background? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much again, Crystal. It's an honor. I'm very humbled to share today. So, yeah, first things first, just want to give all praise, honor, and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Yeah, a little bit about my background real quick. Is I was born in Marinette, Wisconsin. I was only one years old and we moved. I was one of those babies that was breached, so I'm a feet-first baby. I would come to find out years later what that meant is that pe- babies who are born breached or people who are born breached, they're fighters. And that would be an interesting role in my life. So I lived in, was born in Marinette, Wisconsin. One year old, we moved to Fargo, North Dakota, where I grew up until I was 21. I had a great Midwestern family. Everything was great. Enjoyed living there. The education, the schools, the activities was amazing. I noticed about uh, five, ten years ago, they rated the top cities in America as far as the best quality of living. And Austin was number two, and Fargo, North Dakota was number two. Austin, Texas was one, and Fargo was number two. So I grew up in Fargo, went to school there, and uh, was going to pursue a, a a degree and become a physical therapist. And then uh, as life life happens, you know, a lot of our plans in life don't always go according to plan. And then I was able to come out to California when I was 21. So that's a little bit about my beginning as I was uh, Midwest, moved out to California, and I've never looked back. I am actually 64 years old, so I've been blessed to live six decades of my life so far. Wow. That's amazing. Like you did all that in such a short time, and um, you know, I guess one of the questions I have is, um, like, what one of the things you did was like you were a carpenter. So, like, what made you um, switch? You know, you said something about like, did you have like a tragedy happen that you want to touch on? Sure. Yeah. Good question. You know, in life, we all have plans. You know, you make specific plans. I'm a firm believer in plan your work, work your plan. Most people have a vision in life, what they want. You know, you pursue your goals. But I've I've noticed my life's been an amazing journey of just what what I call divine appointments, divine connections. When I came to California, when I was 21, I got a job as a gas station attendant. One of those gas stations, believe it or not, was full service. 
and I got promoted to become a manager a few few months later. So I'd, I'd worked there about four, four and a half years, and I was very unhappy working there. And uh, talk about divine connection. So uh, several times these foremen from these construction jobs would show up to get gasoline for their forklift. And one day I vented to the guy. I said, man, I don't like working here anymore. It's not fun. I'm burnt out. I need something better. He goes, well, come to my job site. I'll hire you. I go, really? He goes, yeah. You can belong to the carpenters union. Just go down the union, pay the fee, pay the monthly dues, and I'll train you to become a journeyman carpenter. I go, wow. So what actually happened there, it wasn't like something I had planned for. It just fell into my lap because you got to be aware that certain people will come into your life at certain times. And so I signed up at the union carpenter, went down to the job site, and then I became a barrier union carpenter, ended up working for that company for 20 years. Wow. Well, you were lucky to get that, you know, job and um that's amazing that you did that, but like what I guess what I would like to know is what caused you to want to end it and go to something else. Yeah, you, know, you know, when you first start out, when you move into a new environment, you just want to get a job to pay your bills and um I did very well with what I was doing, but I knew this was not a career working at a gas station. And then uh, when this when the carpentry fell into my lap, it's like, this is perfect. There's nothing better than learning a trade that you can take anywhere in the country. So in the future, uh, if I ever get married, I, I can take my job with me wherever I go. And the other thing is one of the most uh, expensive investments a person will ever make is in their house. And I thought, wow, I could actually build my own house one day if I wanted to. So I actually ended up becoming a uh, journeyman carpenter, a master carpenter. I actually built over 2,000 residential homes. And then um, I was blessed in that area. And so for me, it was, it was a great uh, environment. I'm the type of person, I don't like to be contained in uh, four walls. So I was working outdoors. I enjoyed it very much. And I, I learned how to master my craft. Well, that's impressive. I think it would be very hard to do carpentry work. So I give you a lot of credit for doing that that many years. And um, Oh, thank you so much. I guess. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so what got you into becoming a personality expert? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm kind of interested in, in what that is sure. and how you get involved in that. What, what I'd like to do next, Chris, I'd like to kind of share my, my story, my journey. I'll, I'll share a short story and then I'll go into that in more detail because it's important. You know, you're not defined by what you do. You're defined in life by who you are. And the thing is, right. we all have jobs or careers, and, you know, we all focus on what we think is best for us. And then things happen in life, and then all of a sudden, you know, your your path is uh, a new one. It's a new detour. It isn't like one day you wake up and go, oh, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And then, well, most people do plan, and they do hit the stuff. Like if you want to be a truck driver, you want to be a nurse, you want to be a teacher, you want to be a doctor. But as far as the personality thing goes, I'll share my story, then I'll sh- share how it happened. Um so real briefly, when I was 21 years old, I was going to North Dakota State University, and uh, I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I knew that my cousin was a famous celebrity, uh, the actress model Linda Evans, who first started out in Big Valley, and then she got promoted in Dynasty. She actually had posed for Playboy, and she was one of the first celebrity women ever to promote and launch her own perfume line. And then she was able to open up 24-hour fitness centers throughout America. So during her prime of her career, I was able to take that moment and go visit her. So I dropped out of college. I'm not a quitter, but I have to admit I did I did quit one thing in my life. It was college. I didn't 
want to, but it's either go now or, or regret it. So at, at 21, I just completed my sophomore year at North Dakota State University. I went out to uh, Hollywood and met my cousin, Linda Evans. I was just, you know, interested in getting to know her. You know, growing up in the Midwest, and I can speak from my experience, Midwestern people really aren't into the glitz and glamour and Hollywood and fame. We're just, you know, enjoying life, family-oriented activities, softball, going to the bar, listening to good music, having a beer. You know, life is just really comfortable and cozy, and we're not into fame and spotlight. But when you have someone really super, super famous in your bloodline, you know, the way I thought is I would like to at least once in my lifetime meet her. So I did. And the thing I got from her was a couple of things. I had asked her, how did you become so successful? And she goes, Greg, it's not your talent. It's not your work ethic. It's not even your ambition. It's all about connections, 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 connections. Who do you know? And that's how her career launched. So her, her last name is actually Evanstead. They changed it to Evans for Hollywood. So I met her. I go, great. And at age 21, it made a very big impact in my life. So I thought, if you're a nobody, you're a small town gal from Minnesota, and you became up to become one of the most world-famous celebrities. She was labeled at one time as the most beautiful woman in the world. How can a small-town Midwestern Minnesota gal go from, you know, obscurity to world fame? I thought, wow, she can do it. I can do it. So then after that, I uh, moved out to the Bay Area, uh, and I got that job at the gas station, and things were going very, very well. I thought I was in control in life. At age 24, I had uh, a life-defining moment that would change me forever. Um, the way I share it is to help me get through all this, so you know I don't spend much time on it. I share, I've shared my story many times, but what I like to share with the audience today is um, what I what I phrase it as is I had a wrestling match with God one day, and during that wrestling match it was a draw. God took my soulmate, but in return made me into a wild type of person. So what happened? Uh, my soulmate was killed by a drunk driver, 300 feet from my front door the apartment complex I was renting, and she died uh, from a head trauma, and she was a nurse. And death I can accept. It's not that it's a shock when people die, but all the little things that added up changed, changed my life forever. So she died really close to where I lived, and she was pulled out by the jaws of life, and being that she was a nurse, she never wanted to be on life support, which she was for two days, and then her parents pulled the plug. So when she died, it, it, it taught me a couple things. It taught me, number one, I just witnessed the power of God, and it was like something you would never uh, imagine. It's like your world freezes. Everything doesn't matter no more. The only thing that matters is people. So your your life freezes. Everything's on pause, and then all of a sudden, you, you have to start all over. You know, you, you hear stories about people, you know, they, they have relatives or friends that get killed by a drunk driver, and it really does impact their lives unless it's somebody they know. Or if, or if it's one of their relatives, or if it's one of their children or their spouses. So when that happened, it just like changed my whole outlook in life. But the big thing about that I want to share is a week later, I went to the gravesite to go visit her. And this is what really made a difference in my life. So I didn't know where she was buried. Her name is actually Nancy Mitchell. When I went to the Chapel of the Chimes uh, Cemetery in Hayward, California, I had asked the gardener, where's Nancy buried? And he goes, oh, she's over there by the Garden of Hope. When I went over there, I was really, you know, um, emotional because what, what really hit me hard, Crystal, was that she was buried in an unmarked grave. 
it's very, very humiliating to be dead, buried, and six foot under and act like you've never lived before, to die a nobody with no name on your gravesite. It's just so humiliating. I yelled and I cried out to God, why me? I said, I never want to be like this. I never, ever want to die like a nobody, that I lived and nobody knew me, that my life was in vain. And I said, one day, Lord, I want the whole world to know who Greg Soper is. And also, one day, I want the whole world to know who Nancy Mitchell is. Because at that moment, that's what had happened. So they didn't put any name markers on the gravesite. This was back in March, April of 1982. So at that moment, I didn't realize that that principle of creation that I spoke into being would become a reality years later. So that moment changed my life because it's so humiliating and heartbreaking to lose the love of your life. Go to the cemetery and see that she's buried in a nameless grave where nobody knows who she is. So I would go to her gravesite every month and put flowers on her grave. And after doing that for several years, I, I asked, used to take a walk around the cemetery, you know, and look at different tombstones and kind of get a feel for different people, their legacies. And I, I remember the scripture was saying like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And I thought, you know what, Nancy's in heaven, get on with my life, let's get going. So that's what I did. So by the grace of God, through divine connections, uh, I met a minister at a backyard wedding. I said, we need to talk. He started doing Bible studies with me and my brother on Friday night. We came to the Lord, uh, made a commitment, and then I was catapulted instantly into ministry. 20 years as a singer, songwriter, I played the guitar, and also blessed with the gift of teaching, doing ministry, teaching adult Sunday school Bible studies and filling in for preachers. I was very humbled and blessed to speak a handful of times at an all-black church in Oakland, California. So I knew that at my young age of ages 26 through like 46, I was put in the perfect platform. The church platform allowed me the opportunity to become a really blessed public speaker. So during that tenure of my life, I was really blessed to really dig in the Word, learn learn, uh, everything I needed, and the main thing is, like, in life, we have different aspects of our body. You know, we're a human being, we're a sexual being, we're intellectual being, and we're also a spiritual being. We have many facets of our life. So spiritual food is very important. So 20 years of ministry was great. I was blessed to do music all over the West Coast. And then teaching, I really loved it. And so for me, that was just the beginning. And where the personality thing kind of started was one of the um, pastors wanted to specialize in marriage counseling. And I was dating a Christian lady. He goes, oh, I want you guys to do me a favor. Okay, sure. What do you want? I want you guys to be my guinea pig. I want you guys to fill out this personal profile test so I can, you know, reveal to you guys what your personality is. And I was very intrigued by that. So what it was, this is back in the 80s, you would fill out a questionnaire, and then they would see at the very end, okay, you're the melancholy personality temperament. You're like 72% melancholy. And then they would do the other person and say, okay, you're like, 77% choleric. And all that means is it's designed to identify what your strengths are, to share with you what your weaknesses are. And then from there, you learn how to balance and complement each other. So I did that and I learned a lot. And then I got involved with networking businesses in the 90s. And I was really fascinated about people, personalities. The book, uh, Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, How the Different Genders Communicate. Dancing with the Porcupines, the finer points in dealing with people. So I was an avid book reader. 
I kept reading books and learning and studying. And then one day I went to the bookstore and I bought a book uh, on graphology. Graphology talks about specifically uh, handwriting. I was always impressed when somebody came in court and had to do a forensic uh, signature to analyze if someone's signature was a fraud or if it was real. And I thought, that's really amazing. How can somebody tell instantly if a person's signature is the real deal? So then I, I learned a little bit, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. So I was able to connect the dots that I could identify right away that people's signatures will immediately identify your personality temperament. Now, the temperaments that we're familiar with came from Aristotle a couple of centuries ago. He came up with the animals. It's actually the scientific name, the melancholies, the sanguines, the, the uh, cholerics, the plumatics, and the sanguines. So the thing is, and then over time, people put it into colors, red, blue, green, and yellow. So what I was able to find out, I thought, this is amazing. You know, most people go through life, and they don't have any people skills, and they have to learn how to communicate. And the thing that I really, really learned was everyone's like a large onion. They only reveal one or two layers at a time. And so to get to really know someone takes a lot of time. But when somebody signs their name, first of all, a signature comes from your heart. And your heart always, always, always reveals the truth. And so it, it reflects everything about you, your intensity levels, everything. So then I studied it for, you know, back in the uh, mid-90s. And then I started doing a pilot program. I would, I would actually come up to people and say, excuse me, do me a favor. I want to see if this is accurate. Uh, show me your signature real quick. I want to analyze your personality. And every time I did it, it was spot on. So then I thought, okay, I kept doing this. And then in the businesses that I do and the consulting that I do, I was able to help a lot of people because no matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. And people only join what? They join you. They don't join your company. So you got to learn people skills. So I thought, i got to get this information out. I want people to learn instantly what their personality style is. And the only two things I care about personality, the most important things, because you can use this in all areas of your life, personal all your friendships, all your relationships, and in the world of business, you've got to know what a person's emotional need is. When I say emotional need, people go like, what, huh? Yeah, most people have no clue what people's emotional needs are, and that's how you build deeper connections. So I can ask the average Joe, the average Mary, and say, hey, do you know what your emotional need is? They go, uh, love, um, uh, becoming successful, uh, taking care of my kids. I mean, those are all good things, but they're not emotional needs. And the other thing in life, you really, really need to know, how do people make decisions? Because here's, here's a spoiler alert. Not everyone makes decisions the way you do. So when you're in your relationship quadrant, okay, of the four different personality temperaments in this world, you have one that's called the dominant, and you have a secondary. It's like driving a car. You don't drive city speed all your life. You drive both freeway and city. Same thing with your personality. You go in and out of two personality temperaments. So the thing is, you've got to learn how to identify how do people make decisions in life. Now, when you're in a marriage and when you're in a relationship, you've got to learn how to understand your partner's communication style. So what I teach with personalities is several things, but the two most focused areas is I want to teach you what your emotional need is. I want to teach you how people make decisions, and I want you to learn to instantly identify how people are. I use my personality, knowledge, and, and empowering people on how to build relationships with everyone, especially your opposites, 
okay? And then in the world of business, if you're an entrepreneur or you have a traditional business, you, you, you need to learn how to build your customer service. And by learning how to communicate with people, it absolutely makes a difference. And the last thing I'll share about this is the way this all came about. It isn't like I just came up with this idea. So when I lost my soulmate, I went from being a very aggressive achiever. I, I, I am a color radical Eric. I was a very task-oriented person, and then I did a 180. I became a people-oriented person. Life's all about people and about feelings. When you're the color red, their attitude is my way or the highway. I don't really care about your stuff. I don't care if I hurt your feelings. I got a job to do. I got a task to hit. I got to do whatever it takes to get there. But then over time, you'll learn, you know what? Some people can be very abrasive, and you got to learn how to develop people skills. So I went from being an in-your-face type of person to totally uh, people-oriented, the color blue, the color yellow, how to be a great listener, and how to make decisions based upon feelings, not results. And so I became a people person. And then as I, I, I learned this more and more, and I realized this is a gift I have to share with everyone. So I, I became such a people-oriented person that it's not a switch you just flip on and off. It's a lifestyle. So having been in ministry and experienced tragedies in my life, there's been other tragedies that I experienced in my journey. But the one that really set my course on, on, on fire and set my life set up for the rest of eternity was when my soulmate was taken from me. She's in heaven. And then every time I speak, it's so humbling because whatever I share, I always share with the humble confidence. And the thing is, it's not about me. It's about God working through me. Okay? And the thing is, in life, you've got to find out what your passion is. So my purpose in life is I am a heart stretcher. I was born to stretch hearts, to empower people, to, to give people the strength, the patience to overcome adversity. Uh, after my soulmate was killed, I quit drinking. I never had a drinking problem. But I can pretty much connect with anybody. Um, so the way you deal with pain, the, the way you deal with coping skills, you just have to suck it up, be strong, have self-control, give it to God, pray about it, and know what your passion in life is. So the thing is, I've been very humbled by all this. And the main thing that I took from all this is you either get better or you get bitter. And I choose to get better. And the other thing that was so, so important, Crystal, is you have to have patience. So many people in life want things to happen instantly, you know. So over time, you know, it takes a decade or two decades or even three decades. And all of a sudden, now you're accelerated at, at a net different level that you never thought was possible. And so for me, what I can share with the audience today is whatever your vision is, whatever you're going through, everything in life is temporary. Just learn how to develop patience, sharpen your mind, put your mind in the word, listen to your favorite music, and then be aware when one percenters come into your life. Well, I think that is great advice that you just gave, um, and I totally agree with you um, that, you know, people need to have patience because, you know, things, you know, anything can happen. Like, your life can be one way you know, right now and then a couple of days later or, or years later, it's going to totally do a 360. So, you know, I've, I've 
had living proof of that as well in my life that I can say. You know, I used to be an officer for years. That was my career. Now I'm, I'm doing doing this now. So you know, if I if you would have told me five years ago that I would be doing a podcast and you know what I'm doing now, I would have been like, no, I don't think so. So your your life does take um, change. It changes. Like you just don't know what your future holds. It's in God's hands, and um, you just gotta pray about it and have faith and. You know, just go with it, I guess, is the best thing that that I I believe. Well, I think oh, that you're... absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, your life is amazing. I did read your bio, and I was like impressed. You are such a blessed person. It takes courage to go into that industry in that field. And my, my uh, brother-in-law is also a retired uh, policeman, Toledo, in, uh, in Michigan, but yeah, that lifestyle is tough, and the, the traumas that you guys face all the time. When you're dealing with trauma in life, you know, there's like even when people go to Vietnam or any war, the Iraq War, and people are PTSD and they face it all. It's, it's a monster, and how do you deal with it? And unfortunately, some people get locked into depression or or addictions. And the thing is, you know, in life, you just have to, you know, ask God for guidance, get around support group that can help you. The thing that really, really helped me too, you know, as you get older and you age, you know, people pass in your life. And so one thing I also wanted to highlight was the three legacies that motivate me. So uh, my dad passed in 2007, and my dad was a very unique man. He was a a professional entertainer. Uh, I call him a one percenter because my dad's uh, uh, entertainment expertise was he's an accordion player. He played jazz and big band. He was a singer and an accordion player. And he was given the nickname in the accordion world as the king of chords. He was the only man or the only person ever in the accordion world to play chords with five fingers. So I asked my dad, you know, what, what, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, he goes, well, my greatest accomplishment in life is my five kids. You know, he was so proud of his legacy that he, he, was, he fathered five children. But he said, you know what, I, I watched him and I learned this. Whenever my dad would perform, you know, he played at the clubs, moose, elks, different things, and he played – for a lot of the New Year's parties, celebrities, uh, anniversary parties. And my dad, the next day, well, how did it go, Dad? Oh, I knocked him out. They, they fell off their stools. It's like, wow. So my dad's legacy is real simple. Knock people out with your gift or your talent. Give people 100, 110% of what you're blessed with. He wasn't doing it arrogantly. He was doing it humbly. He loved to make people smile. So my dad's legacy, whatever your gift or talent is that you're blessed with, knock people out with it. Be humble about it. And give him 110%. My brother passed in 2014, uh, my spiritual big brother as well. I called him his nickname, Mr. Compassion, because he was blessed with the gift of generosity. His legacy is do the right thing. He would always tell me, Greg, do the right thing. Even when nobody's not watching, do the right thing. I was blessed to do the eulogy for my brother. We did two celebration of life services, one here in California. He was cremated, and we took him back to the family cemetery back in Fargo, North Dakota, where I was blessed to do his uh, service. And I had it recorded, and I was so glad I did because it was a very impactful service. And the thing that I did is I made up my brother's legacy uh, with a banner called Do the Right Thing in red letters with white, with, with red background with white letters. And during before the service, I said to myself, I want to give this to someone that he knows that, that was in his life. And I didn't know at the time who I was going to do this with. So his best friend, Kurt Ness, was the guy I gave it to. And, and when he came up to share, he shared a story that I, I didn't hear. And he, and he was talking about 
when my brother came back for his 10-year high school reunion, instead of going out and partying and drinking like everybody else, my brother Jeff went over to his friend Kurt and brought the Bible with him and wanted to teach him about the Gospels. And that at the time, Kurt was married, had a couple kids, and you know he was having a drinking problem, and his life wasn't really going that well. And uh, Kurt said, you know what? Thank goodness that your brother Jeff came into my life because he, he, he shared with me the need to have a spiritual mind, spiritual life. He accepted the Lord. And the main thing is he became a great father, a great uh, husband. Um, and he said if it wasn't for Jeff, he, he wouldn't know where his life would be. And then him and his wife started a restaurant. So I gave Kurt the banner. And to this day, he has that banner hanging up in his restaurant. And so everyone can see it. It's called Do the Right Thing. And the last legacy that's real fresh in my mind is my mother passed from dementia in April of 2020. And the thing that stands out with my mom going through that ugly disease is that her legacy is live daily with kindness and strength. No matter what you go through in life, always show acts of kindness. Don't talk about it. Show it. And those small things make a difference. And strength, she faced that monster of dementia head on. She didn't complain about it. She didn't cry about it. She just accepted it. And it, and it ended up, you know, happening quickly. So the thing I want everyone to remember um, is live daily with kindness and with strength. And if you do that, your life will, will be truly blessed. Well, that is a great inspiration for many, what you've talked about today. Um, you've been through so much. Um, the fact that you lost your loved one to a drunk driver, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I, that upsets me greatly. I, I had a friend, um, well, she's one of my best friends. Her, um, she was a former coworker of mine as well. And her nieces lost their mother to a drunk driver. And, um, she ended up becoming their, um, mother, basically. She's the aunt, but she takes care of all three children because the father actually passed um, a few years ago and now she's raising all three of those children so they've lost both their mom and their dad and um, and the mother died from a drunk driver so I totally feel for you and it's sad that um, in this world that people can't get a designated driver you know there's too many people dying out there for from people that make bad choices due to whether it's drug use or whether it's alcohol use all they have to do is get a go get a hotel room or get a designated driver. You know, don't go and risk somebody else's life because you're too lazy or you can't afford it or whatever the case may be to go behind the wheel, you know, when you're under the influence. So I I feel for you in that regards and I think it's great that you were able to overcome the grief that you went through and You've really been productive in your life, and um, you seem very smart, and and I just think it's great, everything that you're doing. Well, I appreciate that very much, Crystal. You know, when anyone suffers a tragedy, you know, our human minds and our, our emotions, it just takes a little bit of time. I look back at it now. I mean, that happened 40 years ago. She died on March 25th, 1982. And the thing about it, I remember, is that, you know, for the first five years, I didn't date. I wasn't in the mood to date anyone. But then, like I said, I was putting graves, flowers on her gravesite every month. And eventually, it's like, well, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I mean, eventually, you got to realize she's in heaven. God did heal me quickly. 
I was able to say, okay, I got to get on with my life. And the thing is, you know, you learn. So what's their legacy? Their legacy is, you know, when you have a soulmate, that's true love. It means when you cherish relationships. That taught me so much. The most important thing it taught me is God doesn't promise you tomorrow. So live every day like it's your last. Don't be afraid to tell people you love them. And always be in the moment. Don't be in such a hurry. Because you don't know if, if today is your last day of life. When you, I know some people have busy schedules. I get that. But being in the moment means when you're at, a, at, at a, an event or social thing or, or with people, put your mind there. Don't, don't, don't put your mind on what you've got to do tomorrow or, or something that you're going to do two weeks from now. Empty your mind. Put your phone away. Be in the moment. It taught me so clearly, you know, be in that moment. Cherish people. Life's not about ego. It's not about titles. It's not, not about possessions. And then I was catapulted into ministry, and people have always, you know, given me compliments, which I'm so humbled and appreciate. But I'm just telling my story, and I'm humbled by it. And the thing is, I just want people to realize, you know, God will work through you. And, and everyone respects people who've gone through suffering um, because it's, it's, a, it's a thing of life that we, we go through. And how you cope with it, how you overcome it. You know, I, I quit drinking. I didn't have a drinking problem. But for me, I just got thrusted into ministry. I, I love doing music. And I got around the right people. And I made a decision. You know, I don't want to be around things that are negative. But um, anyone who goes through any tragedy, even suicide. I had an ex-fiance that committed suicide. She jumped off her bridge at 2.45 in the morning. And so I, I, that's another area I could talk about. But the thing I'll just share real briefly with that is people, you have to take them serious and you have to be listeners. And, and the thing is in life is that life's all about people. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, people are 50-50. You're either a task-oriented or you're a people-oriented. And the thing is, whatever one you are, you know, you have to identify that. So just realize everyone in your life is precious. And if you have arguments and conflicts, you know, forgive each other, work it through, and then and become best friends. Don't don't have, hold grudges. And, and definitely, you know, like I said, tragedies are going to happen to everyone. It's not just an exclusive members. Um, the thing I can share from my experience is it makes you uh, have compassion and empathy. I remember reading this not too long ago. It says compassion. You really can't experience compassion unless you've had suffering. And it's like, wow, that is so true. So for people that have suffered, they can really understand compassion. So the thing is, everyone on this call today, just be who you are and, and just realize that you don't have to do things alone. You know, give it to God and also have a great support group. Well, I thank you so much for coming on the show. And I think that you're going to help a lot of people, um, you know, that's listening out there because you touched on various areas and I'm sure somebody that's listening will relate somewhat and it may end up helping them. So I um, appreciate you being on here. And in, if there's any contact information you want to give out to anyone out there that's listening, um, you know, because you said you, you do personality um, expert. Like, I assume that's like a business that you do, right? Well, actually, right now, I'm actually currently writing my book. I plan to have it published uh, uh, by the beginning of 2023. Uh, right now, I just do Zoom sessions. 
If people want to contact me, they can go to my Facebook uh, social media page, Greg Soper. Um, uh, there are seven Greg Sopers, but you'll see uh, me. I'll have on their personality expert. And I'll actually give up my phone number here. I, I have no problem with people having it in their phone if they want to text me. And so I, I always learn this. Always be an elevator. Reach out to people daily and, and lift them up. And the fact is, keep making deposits into people daily wherever you go. So I'm going to leave you my number here live on air. Anybody who wants to reach out to me, text me first. That would be great. Introduce yourself. So my number, I live in Stockton, California. My cell number you can reach me at is 209-513-5707. And, you know, I'll be glad to share in any way I can. And then uh, I appreciate very much your uh, what you're doing, Crystal. You're, you're a very, very amazing lady. You wear many hats. You're definitely blessed with the gift of leadership. That's one of your amazing God-given strengths. So Godspeed to you. Continue to do what you're doing. God bless you and your family. And thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you. And thank you again for coming on the show. And thank you, everyone out there that's listening. I hope everyone goes out and does something for themselves and someone else. Take care, everyone. Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. By Crystal Starnes. Always stand up and make a difference for yourself or someone else. Don't ever suffer in silence. Voice for Victim podcast wants you. Voice for Victims podcast is dedicated to educating the community about various aspects of victimization and giving victims an opportunity to speak up. Currently, the podcast is heard nationally on Thursday nights. It is carried on Blog Talk, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. If you support what Voice for Victims is doing, please contact voiceforvictimspodcast.com and a representative will contact you with further details. Thanks for listening and your support. Make sure you go out and check supportourcreatives.com. Again, supportourcreatives.com. There's a lot of services offered on that website. Are you feeling sluggish and feeling like you have no energy? Look no further. Kickstart your morning or afternoon and enjoy regulated, even energy that keeps you going without the crash or unwanted side effects of harsh stimulants used in typical energy drinks. Zero sugar, zero crash, sustainable energy, hydration, and fat burn. You can find this product, which is called Energize Go, at healthfirst.relive.com Again, healthfirst.relive.com Now what are you waiting for? Go try Energize Go.
Jewelry to fit every budget, occasion, and taste. Bring sparkle to everyday life. Accessories with soul and style. Go to www.blingisticstar.com. Again, www.blingisticstar.com and check out the new trends. Kids need nutrition to stay focused and function at their best. Relive Kids Now makes this simple by giving them protein, vitamins, minerals with nutrients to support their immune system, growth, and brain development. It's all there in a simple, delicious daily shake. You can get this product in vanilla or chocolate. And you can go to healthfirst.relive.com. Again, healthfirst.relive.com. Go get your shake today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.